you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Swagger from the corner. Yes! And a foul! Is he having himself an afternoon? Swagger feeling. His third three already. On the drive goes Patty Casey for the basket. (laughs) Backdoor cut. Swider with the jam. This is Swider in close. And one. Welcome to episode 10 of the Swider Show. Um, Just had a great interview with Jake Marsh and... uh, Jake Marsh, if, if you guys don't know his background, he he is with part of my take and is also a, an upcoming broadcaster in the sports world. So it was it was a nice little change up, a nice little switch up from what we, we've been doing. We've had a lot of basketball guests, a lot of basketball specific guests. Um, but Patty stepped up to the plate, got his first guest yep. of the year, and well, I, thought, I thought it was a big time guest, Patty. Yeah, I mean when you're when you're talking podcasts, there's none none bigger than part of my take in the sports industry. So um, yeah, I mean. Very good interview with Jake. Super nice guy. Big Cuse guy too. So um, it's fun. To, huge Cuse guy. Fun to talk to him. Um, that's why we're, we're we're hitting double digits here. Episode ten, milestone. So I mean, we're just stacking them on top of each other at this point. But um, like I always say, thanks to Charlie again. Very good interview with Charlie. Um, very interesting stories. So I thought he was pretty fun to talk to. I can't wait to. Uh, just talk about random basketball stuff whenever I actually meet him in person when I'm in LA. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Char- Charlie's Charlie's the best. One of the best trainers around, like like I said multiple times, and just it's honestly just a great guy mm-hmm. all around. Yeah, Charlie, big basketball guy. Jake Marsh, college basketball expert. So that was kind of yep. the reason for us, you know, thinking of having him on this week. Like we said, great interview. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. But uh, one of the bigger weeks of basketball this week, Swider with college basketball starting last Monday. Um, kind of unique, the Monday start, I thought. Doesn't it usually start, like, later in the year? Or am I being, am I being dumb there? Like, later in a week? I always thought it was – yeah, I thought it was the second Tuesday yeah, of, of November. Yeah, so did I. But, I don't know. Oh, maybe it was uh, election? Is that not – to, not to get political here, you know. But yeah, no, no, we're not going political. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, no, that's, that's, that's definitely the yeah, reason. How about, how about me that, just putting that together right on the fly? Pretty smart. Yeah, that was great. That was great. But uh, how much how much college basketball were you able to tune into? Yeah, I was I was able to tune into to Syracuse and Villanova. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched all both of Villanova's games and uh, watched watched the Cuse play. So uh, honestly, a busy week of, of basketball. Yeah. Busy week of basketball. Uh, it, it's funny. I mean, being in the in the NBA now and just watching so many NBA games, it's such a contrast of oh, styles. I'm not saying one's better than the yeah. other. 
but it's just such a contrast of styles of what I'm used to because I'm usually just locked in on college basketball. Yeah, yeah, it's personal preference. That was going to be my first question to you. How weird is it being on the other end now where you're like a fan and you're watching college basketball rather than the last four years of your life? The other thing that people don't consider, especially when you're in your shoes and you're recruited so heavily, yeah. since like freshman year of high school, your sights have been set basically on, like you're thinking about college basketball so much. You know what I mean? Every time you're playing basketball, you're getting evaluated by a coach. So really, it's like the last, what, eight years of your life? It's such a giant part of your life. So is it kind of weird, like, tuning in as a fan now? Yeah, I, I can tell you what. I, I, really, I get really nervous watching Syracuse play. Uh, yeah. It, like, just having, like, the, the love and appreciation I have for the school and the coaches and just wanting them to do well and, and having a bunch of brothers on the team that are, that are still there. Um, it, it's definitely, like, a certain level of, like, anxiety. You know what I mean? Going Even going yeah, into games. it's helpless. Yeah, it's right. just helpless, and I, I can do nothing about it, so... Obviously, it was, it was great seeing Syracuse get that dub. Um, one of our producers, Adam Lewis, was like, we just watched him. Or no, actually, Patty said this in our group chat. He was like, they just had a great 10-minute stretch. Yeah. The I'll last 10 minutes it, it, at mm-hmm. the end of the first half. and uh, I couldn't agree more. I thought they played with great pace, great flow. I thought Judah mm-hmm. was getting out in the open court. I thought Joe was playing confident. Jesse was anchoring the middle yeah. of the zone, um, playing very confident. And then I thought our role players came in and, and, and played well. Right, yeah. Um, last week we did somewhat of like a deep dive on the on the first game. But to your point about how it's pretty nerve-wracking watching as a fan, the eight days in between games is, is also like horrible. You know oh, what I mean? Like you watch one game on Monday night and you're like, you have this thirst for Q's basketball and then got to wait eight days. Like what is this football? Don't yeah, much care for that. I think it was smart from Coach Bayhouse's perspective was – being a young team, they've already pretty much played three games. IUP, who we talked about, is a great team. Um, yeah, they played the second exhibition game. It was Southern New Hampshire, who um, yeah, yeah. Who, who great D two program, great D two yeah. program. I mean, they've been to Elite Eight, Final Fours, and Division Two. Yeah, and then playing a really good team in uh, Lehigh the first game, like who've been in the tournament, who've produced pros, and now Coach yep. Bayheim gets to see those three games and then practice for eight days. Is uh, I, I, so oh, yeah. to, to me that, that that's that's smart on his part. Now I guess to, uh, you see what you ha- kind of have in these freshmen in games that aren't, aren't as aren't as big, may not be as uh what 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 we're what our eyes are set on uh for being Syracuse basketball fans, but uh, you have a legend now who has three games underneath his belt. Um, mm-hmm. to, to kind of go go right now, it's kind of form a rotation. Yeah, actually, that's a great point by you because I hadn't thought of that about the eight days of practice. That's what that's what you think about when you're you know actually in the games like yourself, you know when yeah. you're a, when you're a basketball savant like yourself. That's what you're thinking <laughs> of day in day out. So it's all about the process for me, like, like yeah. the GMAC episode. Oh yeah, of course. Heavy heavy process guy. Yeah, but um, big week for Cuse in general, given that I mean the the football final score wasn't great, but there's a special guest in the house with Carmelo Anthony. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He was uh, he was on the sidelines. He was in the stands. Uh, the connection that Melo has to Cuse, I would argue, is different than any one and done ever to any place. Would you agree? Yeah, just talking to GMAC about it. I mean, going throughout campus, you see more Carmelo Anthony jerseys, Syracuse mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony jerseys, than I think you can any NBA jersey. Like, 
like the, the you obviously have like the Kobe jerseys, jerseys being worn, and then it's probably like Carmelo Syracuse jerseys, and and people around yeah. the country, people around the country, like there was guys at summer league wearing Carmelo Syracuse jerseys. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. like the the love affair, the connection that the school has with Carmelo, Carmelo has with the school, um, and then seeing his his son get offered by Syracuse just gave me chills. Yeah, and, and it's like the coolest thing in the world. Th- there's there's no other place. I I, tr- I honestly believe this. There's no other place in the country that that treats former players like Syracuse people treat. Yep. Like there's such a love affair between the player and the, and, and the school and. I mean, even even students. You know, I, mean, I only played there for one year. I, I go back and I, I take two hundred pictures with, with with the students at Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. I'm not Carmelo Anthony. I'm I'm not a first round yeah. pick. You know, I'm not <laughs> I'm not a top seventy five player of all time. So yeah. obviously, what, what he was able to do in his one year, win a national championship, lead lead the country in like pretty much in scoring, being the most dominant player in the NCAA tournament. I mean, having him and G Mac on the same team, two of the most legendary college basketball players of all time. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, so fun to watch. And I still can't believe individually I kind of, like, was inside the program because then I see Carmelo Anthony, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> that's yeah. Carmelo, and he played at the same place. You know what I mean? So anytime he's back at the Dome, and it's been 20 years now that he's been in the NBA, so he's very, very busy, so he didn't have much time to – I'm sure not as much time as he'd like to go back to games and everything. So, whenever he can, it's like a giant treat for everyone there. And our producers were actually right behind him when he walked out of the tunnel. So, good for you guys. Watch, watching that video just it just gave me chills though. Just seeing him wave to the crowd. And then, yeah. And then watching uh, he, he posted an Instagram picture or pictures yep. on his Instagram, and the second one is Dick Vitel uh, commentating his his first basket at Syracuse. He's like, yeah, he's gonna be a one of the best diaper dandies of this year, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, oh, it's so just cool. Chills and Diggy V also, he just nailed that call. He said he's going to be the best diaper dandy in the country and like in the history of Syracuse, and he just like was. Yeah, unbelievable. But completely unbelievable. But uh, you you mentioned that you get you go back to Cuse, you get like two hundred pictures with people, like you're like batting people off you. It's just mobs. I actually haven't been back yet to a game or, like, to campus at all. But my first game I'm going to is next week, the Empire Classic in Brooklyn. Get ready. So I'd imagine, I'd imagine I'm going to have, you know, a similar type of experience. Get ready. Where I walk in, there, you're taking, you know, signing autographs, taking Kissing pictures. Babies. The whole thing. Yeah. So looking forward to that, though. They play Richmond and then uh, the winner of Temple St. John's. But... I mean, Barclays, I'm going to walk in and just think of the ACC tournament last year and when we smashed Florida State. Jimmy Beheim loves to reference that game. Yeah. We just smashed them. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we did. We beat them so bad. Yeah. Like 45 ball. But, uh, Patty, what what are your uh, overall first impressions of college basketball this first week? I didn't watch as much as I would have liked to. Um, I'm more of an NBA guy now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Being a free agent myself, I'm kind of like evaluating where what teams in the league might be able to scoop me up. But, you and Melo, yep. Uh, yep, exactly. But, uh, I don't know, it was a pretty cra- – I feel like there's more upsets in the first week than usual. Is I don't know if that's, um, you know, a cold take, but Villanova, I, mean, Flor- I was very – Florida this, State this going concern. down. Yeah, Florida State Louisville lost. losing two, two games versus low major I mean, teams. Louisville, like, come on. That's just not great. 
what's going on. They, they've lost. Bellarmine was, what, D2 like two years ago? They lost to them. They lost to a D2 team, and then they lost to Wright State, right? Not to take anything away from those programs, but like if you're Louisville, you should be winning those games probably. Yeah, it's a tough start for obviously new coach and Kenny Payne. I, I think I think they're going to get yeah. it together though. They they obviously yeah at some point yeah they're going to they're have a good recruiting class coming in. Louisville's a story program, and that actually leads us to our stat of the week. Um, Jake What's, Sheridan, what would you like? Oh, it's about like, Louisville. <laughs> would you like to say the stat of the week? Take it away. Yeah, I'm back. Another two week hiatus. I gave you guys, but um, going off of what you're saying about Louisville. It's actually the first time a team has started 0-2 by one-point losses since 1992. Any chance you guys want to guess what team that could be? In all of college basketball? All of college basketball. Oh, that's easy. I mean, there's only 363 of them, so that should be an easy guess. Thanks, Sharon. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll just give it <laughs> Syracuse. Uh, it was Arkansas State. Wow. Oh, all right. That was my, that was my second guess. <laughs> yeah, but there you go. Louisville basketball to start <laughs> off the year. One of many crazy college basketball stats you might hear from me. I've had it, guys. Thanks, Sheridan. Who could forget Arkansas State's 0-2 start? They had Final Four aspirations that year, too. So it was like <laughs> out of the gate, you stumble. It's just it's hard to recover from. Hey, speaking of college uh, college sports, you're, you're fighting Irish have been putting it together in college football. Oh, yeah, I mean – Listen, there's whispers of like, oh, after they lose to uh, Marshall and then they lose. To, well, people after Marshall, it's like, oh, they're going to go. They're playing North Carolina. Or no, they played Cal and then North Carolina. It's like, oh, they're going to go 2-10. and ten. They're going to go 3-9. and nine. Freeman's gone, whatever. They just win They just win ball games. They're just a good program. So we didn't mention it last week because the episode with uh, the interview with Charlie deservedly went a little longer than expected. Yeah. But they just beat the piss out of Clemson. Yep. Like – completely completely destroyed there was never even a contest they looked like a d2 team and then yeah last week i mean playing navy is always tough but it's like playing a rival i mean as they say yeah they are a rival they play every year every they have year. a weird offense like yeah but i mean they're just a machine every single year it's it's between eight to at least eight win- eight wins is like a bad season which tells you all you need to know i mean speaking of notre dame coaches Brian Kelly is getting it done at LSU. Yeah, I mean, he, we don't, he just we don't wins. have to get into that. He <laughs> yeah, wins. he does just win. He just wins. I mean, <laughs> I was uh, listening to Colin Cowherd on his show. He's like, or, or maybe it was it was someone impersonating Colin Cowherd. He was like, so, so one thing that I always try to tell my kids, is like people are who they are. Brian Kelly, he wins football games. He wins games, yeah. You know what I mean? Let's, let's just. Yeah. That's why we're going to do our first pseudo draft i guess or predictions here talking about college football we're college football experts now we talk about it almost every episode so episode 10 i feel like this part of the year what's there three games left for each team two games left plus the the conference championships which notre dame doesn't have to play in but uh did you have a chance to prepare your college football playoff prediction of course i'm always ready are are we going who's your four Who's my four? Yeah. Um, so I want to go. Are we going what? What were you going to ask? Are, are we going to predict the champion as well, or are we just doing the four? Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to go four. You got to go who wins the two games and who wins the title. Okay. Uh, I think Georgia's going to end up end up getting out of the SEC. 
Uh, okay. I, think I think they'll end up winning the SEC. They're going to play LSU in the championship, um, SEC championship. Georgia will probably be the number one. Um, I'm going to go Michigan uh, as the number two. I have them beating Ohio State. have them winning the Big Ten. Um, and surprisingly so, I, I'm, I'm going to go TCU with my three. three. TCU okay. with my three because I think they're going to end up winning the Big 12. They beat Texas this week with a big win against my Longhorns. I'm a Syracuse football fan first, but a Longhorns football fan second. Um, had a tough year, and then I'm gonna go. Yeah, it seems to be seems to be pretty commonplace since yeah. uh, Mac Brown left. But yep. yeah, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. And I'll go, that's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> and then I'm gonna go. It's, it's between Ohio State and, and Tennessee for for this last one, but I, I'm I'm gonna go yeah. Ohio, Ohio State uh, is gonna end up being that. That uh, for the, the number four team, so Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Ohio State, uh, uh, number four. Okay, I got, I got Georgia the first two. I'm gonna go uh, TCU second. Wow. I'm gonna go Tennessee third. I don't know how that's gonna happen. Yeah. And I'm gonna go USC fourth. USC. Yep. I think they. Uh, I think how? they win a, a dog fight against Notre Dame. I think they get in. They're number seven right now. Did they just lose? No, they lost to Utah like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, no, I, I just I just don't see. I, I don't think USC is that good. I think they're overrated. I think they'll probably lose to UCLA this weekend. I disagree. That's why I have them in. Okay. Okay, that's fair. But, uh, yeah, so I don't even remember what I said. I was just trying to, to, to mix it up there. Because so that, <laughs> that's one of the things, like, if I get it right, it's like, oh, shit. Like, that was a – Yeah, yeah. So what did I go? Georgia, TCU, Tennessee, USC? I don't know how Georgia, Tennessee gets to three. It's like inconceivable, but it's going to happen in my rankings. Yep, yep. Um, and then, so I would have Georgia versus USC. I, I got the Bulldogs winning that game. Okay. And then we'll go Tennessee over TCU and Georgia back-to-back, cutting down the nets, so to wow. say. Wow. Even though there's no nets. Wow. I'm going to go Georgia beating – Georgia beating Ohio State in the first in the first game, and then I'm gonna go Michigan beating TCU, and I'm gonna give Jim Harbaugh the props here, and I think I think he's gonna win the national championship. Michigan will be champions. Really? Michigan will be up top. Wait, did I have neither? I had Ohio State and Michigan not in my four. I just realized that. Yeah, it's not. not so we're gonna need some chaos. We're gonna need some chaos, but I like it. You're gonna have you're gonna have to have Michigan lose in the Big Ten. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Ohio State or Michigan. Yeah, I did this. I wrote this on a paper and then like typed it up and then in a separate tab I have the Google like rankings of the playoff rankings and it yeah. just simply makes no sense. Because yep. Ohio State, and Michigan are gonna cannibalize each other. Well, I'm gonna have Ohio State win against Michigan and then they lose in the Big Ten championship. Does that work? No, I think they. I don't, I don't think either team is going to win a game the rest of the season. How's that sound? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, those are my official rankings. Sounds good. But I thought that went pretty well. Yeah. As as Adam and Jake know, I'm a perfect predictor of playoffs because I went on their show and just dominated the NBA playoffs. So. Um. What, but, what a segue right there, huh? What was the segue going to be? Into the NBA. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, yeah. Let's chop it up about the NBA. I was gonna, uh, I was gonna start talking about the Eagles, but 
Yeah, we should, I guess since you are an NBA player, you're on the Lakers, we should talk about you because it is, it is this wider show. But, um, yeah, weekly check-in. How's, how's the foot? How are you feeling? What's the timetable? All that. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm getting reevaluated on Wednesday. So by the time this podcast comes out, I'll be reevaluated. Um, getting, getting the MRI done on my foot again to see um, the healing, how, how the healing process has gone. Hopefully after Wednesday I'll start being able to do basketball workouts. So get back mm-hmm. out on the court. Um be able to start shooting again and then progressively work my way back up to, to playing in games. So all that stuff is uh, to be determined based on Wednesday. Um, if Wednesday goes well, um, then we'll kind of create a schedule after that. But, yeah, so right. Wednesday being reevaluated, um, been able to shoot spot shots, like spot shots around the key, no jumping yet. Um, been able to start start going off my foot a little more, been in an underwater treadmill. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. Everything's felt pretty good. Everything's felt good. Everything's progressed well, and um, looking forward to Wednesday. Hopefully, getting some good news there. So, if anyone's listening to the Swider Show, uh, I know we'll be past that time, but keep me in your uh, hopefully, your yeah. Some prayers, some uh, some thoughts, of course. Yeah, some thoughts, yeah. Um, some T's and P's, but uh, <laughs> what's the what's the ramp up process like if you do get cleared? Yeah, so I mean, we haven't talked about it in extent yet, but um, what I have heard is to start with catch and shoot. See how I feel from there. Uh, one, of, one of the weird things about my uh, ramp-up process is that I, I haven't had any pain, so uh, it, I won't be able to tell from a pain perspective, but hopefully from this MRI, right. that, that won't be a huge um, concern. Um, at, at, after mm-hmm. after a couple of days of catch and shoot, be able to start going on the move. Um, but it would mostly be like a hard day, like like a lighter day catch and shoot, hard day, lighter day catch and shoot, kind of ease the yeah, yeah. ease the navicular bone back, back into... Um, playing and then after a week and a half um, hopefully start practicing um, of doing those those that wow. hard day off day hard day off day so it's, yeah, it's yeah. definitely going to be a slow process start practicing and then and seeing how after I practice for a couple of days maybe a week and hopefully getting back into games then so yeah. um, it's definitely a slow process but it's also a part of my foot that I don't want to really mess with in terms of my future of basketball so uh, yeah it might be frustrating in the moment but it's definitely for my best interest in my in my future yeah it's definitely uh something you want to take care of preemptively which I guess is the whole process that you've been doing for the last four weeks but yeah that's interesting I didn't I think most people probably think like they see oh you're out for or you're reevaluated in four weeks it's like if you get good news on Wednesday like oh he's He's in uniform on Thursday, but yeah, that's playing on Thursday, not necessarily yeah. the, the case. No, especially especially with this injury. I mean, if it was a, a sprained ankle um, or if it was something like that and it says out for four weeks, that's a little different because you're, you're testing it out after two weeks. You're uh, constantly mm-hmm. doing it's, – it's, it's based on how you feel. And, uh, right. I mean, the tough part for me is that I don't have any symptoms, so it's, it's going off of uh, an MRI. Um, they spotted mm-hmm. something in the MRI. Um, and yeah, just kind of just just trusting the doctors, trusting the uh, the med- medical staff we have here with the Lakers, and, and going from there. Yeah, um, real quick, and then we'll we'll segue into the uh, interview with Jake. But the difference in schedule between the G League and the NBA. Some people I've talked to who um, know that you're on a two way will ask me that because I'd assume when you get back, when you're talking about like practicing and stuff, G League guys. Like the NBA, like the Lakers, you don't have practice very many times throughout the week during the regular season, right? Whereas G League, you might have it a little bit more, or is that way off? Yeah, so 
the thing about G League is that when when you travel, you're usually going for like a back to back or a two games. Yeah, three it's almost days it's like four, series, right? Four, four games in six days. It's it's, it's one yeah. of those things. Since we're traveling commercial and all, and we're we're going to these these places, so uh, you usually have uh, three or four days in between games at times when when you when you do ha- have some time off. So, uh, mm-hmm. for example, this week we. We, we don't play till Thursday, so we had a game on Saturday off Sunday. Today we had, like, a player development day. Tomorrow it's actually, uh, I mean, part of Dennis Schroeder and, and Thomas Bryant's uh, rehab to, to get back playing is that they're going to come down with the G League team and play with us. So Okay, uh, that's so interesting. Yeah, so they're going to come back. Does that happen for most guys that get hurt? Um, I'm not sure. This is not, it's not the first time it's happened for us. Yeah. But but those right. two guys are going to come down, play five on five with us, because a lot of the guys with the NBA team, it's like they, they they've played so many games, and obviously we, we have a bunch of players who, play, who like high minutes, so they're not trying to play five on five full court game situations to get some of these guys back uh, healthy. But for the G League yeah. team being in the same facility, it's 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 honestly a great uh, resource to have for the Lakers. So uh, tomorrow mm-hmm. tomorrow those guys are going to come down, play with us. And then after that, it's uh, they'll play on Friday. But yeah, so the G League, there's, there might be a, cu- a couple more days in between games when, when we have like a layoff because we do have four games in six days. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, the, the schedules the schedules are a lot different, and you're also not you're not flying uh, charter, you're flying commercial. So yeah, you have to be, you have to be smart in, in where you schedule games, how you schedule right. games, and, and everything like that. Yeah, I've noticed that it's almost like baseball where it's like series. Yeah, basically it's like you go, um, I don't know, like Buddy right now. They just played the Bucks G League team like four times in a row, I think, or they're in the midst of that. Hey, shout out to Buddy Which, with, the, with the big game. Absolutely big lit game. it up. It was, I mean, it was only a matter of time, but obviously he had twenty five points. Yeah, obviously he had twenty five points. Yeah, I was about to say that. Like the, the one thing that impressed me was that Buddy had ten boards and ten boards. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Buddy's not a great rebounder because he obviously is, is a good rebounder for <laughs> yeah. his position, but ten boards right. is impressive, and that's that's going to be big for him moving forward, uh, especially yeah. in the NBA. Because if he can get ten boards, and that shows that he's he's more than just yeah. a score, because obviously right. that's what we know. I watched yeah. uh, I watched like part of the game. I watched the highlights of it too, like just split in the net. But I didn't. I never obviously look for rebounds. Sure, there's a couple long rebounds in there. I'm gonna assume that with the, with getting to ten, but no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> 25 and 10, seven threes. Shout out to Bud, first guest of the show, first guest, yep. great friend of ours. So yep. yeah, it was like amazing to see. And it was his birthday the other day too. So yeah, happy yeah, late happy. birthday, buddy. Yeah. yeah, happy birthday, Bud. Was it on his? No, it was the day after. No, right? I think it was the day after. Yeah, 25th. Yeah, 12th. Yeah, but. Um. Yeah, I mean, any anything else you want to hit around the NBA? Do you want to go around the coast, or just just get into this interview with Mart with Jake? I don't know how long we've been going here, but yeah, yeah. Obviously, I just want to shout out to my to my team yesterday for getting the win over Brooklyn. Um, yeah. AD thirty seven and eighteen, just completely Beast. dominating the game. Russ having yeah. a great game again, twelve assists, I think fourteen points. So, uh, big win, big win for the team yesterday. Uh, proud of the guys for being resilient. Obviously, we've had some really mm-hmm. tough stretches, um, but hopefully, we, we have a pretty favorable schedule these next four or five games. So hopefully, we can get get this going on a little streak here. Yeah, um, AD had like a stretch in the second half where it was like every time you get you guys would miss around the hoop, he would just dunk it. 
It was so easy. Yeah. Looked like he was playing on like a nine foot hoop. Yeah, he, he's unbelievable, <laughs> especially yeah. like I think he's starting to feel a little bit, little bit healthier. He's getting back in yeah, game yeah. shape because I mean, a lot of these guys, AD, LeBron, um, R- R- Russ is a little different. R- Russ, Russ, Russ will play five on five with us in, in, the, <clears throat> in the off season, but um, like some of these guys are getting back into shape. Along with like playing games and trying to yeah. win the game, you know what I mean. So, AD obviously has dealt with all these injuries. So, like I felt like last night was the first time where like he he was calling himself back in the game. He was yeah. He, he was telling Coach Ham like, hey, as soon as KD goes in, I'm I'm going in guarding him. You know what I mean? Like he was he was on a, he was so Fired locked up, in last yeah. night, and and I uh, and you could see you could see when he yeah. out there when he played. I mean, if he would go on, like, one of those runs he has for, like, two or three weeks and just average, like, 30 and 15, that <laughs> obviously would be very good for you as a Lakers player and me as a Lakers fan. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the most gifted players in the NBA. So, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, unreal I, watching him play. He could do that every night. Yeah. Um, also, real quick, shout-out to Austin for the pass he threw in the second half. That was ridiculous. <laughs> the lefty, like, yeah, it was like, we'll post the clip of it on our story but it was legitimately like jaw dropping like it was an insane pass yeah you know he, he's a he's a special passer and, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. excited to play with him once I get back out there yeah yeah it's a seamless connection there which yeah. we talked about if you haven't listened to our episode with Austin Reeves that was episode 5 6 yeah I, th- I thought um, one of our best episodes five. yeah for sure great guy he's the man but uh I guess, yeah, that's a good segue into this week's interview, this episode's interview with Jake Marsh of Barstool Sports, of part of my take. Um, thanks to him again for joining us. It's a very fun conversation. Um, like you said, a little bit more unique, but um, we're, you know, diversifying the backgrounds here a little bit after, you know, a lot of players on at first. We had a trainer, now we have play-by-play guy, podcaster, fellow podcaster. Yep. And uh, he's obviously very, very good at what he does. So it's a great interview, fun interview. Q's guy, a lot of Q's talk. But, um, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in, and I uh, hope you enjoy the interview. Very honored to welcome on. Um, again, I feel like we say this every week, Swatter, a little bit different of a guest, but super honored. Maybe like a competitor, technically, with a sports podcaster. <laughs> but it's a uh, sports business reporter for part of my take the number one sports podcast in the world. You guys might have heard of it. And maybe most notably, a Syracuse guy, Jake Marsh. Thanks for joining the show. Thank you guys um, for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, really, just to get it out of the way real quick, Adam Lewis was very excited for this episode. He's our producer. I don't know if he has a mic on him. You might not be able to hear him. But he's another new house guy, so if you guys want to bond over that real quick, you can, you can take your couple seconds here. <laughs> yeah, no, we were talking right before, and... I was a broadcast major. He was uh, TRF. New out, new house is the way to go, uh, as you can tell. Two very successful shows. Part of my take in the Swider Show. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Same level. S- similar <laughs> level. Similar level. Yeah, for sure. Now we're definitely headed that way. But uh, obviously, Jake, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. We've we've kind of had a had a mix of guests. So we've had a lot of basketball guests, and obviously, you you know your sports. You know your sports. I'm not going to take that away from you, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, it's it's definitely it's definitely like a good a good changeup for sure. Uh, so coming from part of my take, obviously it's it's a show that we all we all watch and it's something that I, I look forward to every single week. Can can you give us a quick big cat and and PFT story? 
just just for listeners I, I know we're kind of putting you on the spot here but those guys are th- so funny yeah uh i guess i could start off with uh when i interviewed with them so i've been with them so i graduated from syracuse in 2018 and i joined them the summer of 2019 and that interview process was crazy it's on youtube somewhere <laughs> i can try to find and send you yeah. guys the link but it was one of like the most unique interviews I've ever been a part of for obvious reasons. I remember uh, when I shake my hand with them because like your hands are clammy and they were like, they were sweaty because how could they not be like you turn the corner in the room. First off, I had to sign a waiver interview because they were going to use the footage so they could film it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I was like very nervous and then I shake my hands and uh, they're like, your hands are clammy. And then I, uh, I give them my resume. Obviously there's a bunch of the Syracuse broadcasting stuff on there. And big cats like, all right, I want you, I want you to do play by play of a Syracuse football game, pretending Donovan McNabb is puking on the field in the middle of a play. <laughs> so I'm like, I've seen this clip before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the craziest request ever, yeah. but I just did it. And uh yeah, it allowed me to like show off my personality to them a little bit, doing things on the fly. Um, but yeah, those, those guys are amazing. They've done so much for me in my career, mm-hmm. and I consider them friends more than any more than bosses for sure. Right. Yeah, well, one thing that I, I always loved college basketball season that that you are a very supportive Syracuse fan. They give yep. you they give you crap, especially after last year. You know what I mean? We had so many tough losses, um, but you, you stuck up for us, and I appreciate that. Yeah, no, of course. I I admittedly wasn't a Syracuse fan until I started going there. I grew up a diehard Florida Gator fan. Uh, still root for them, but obviously where your alma mater is, you root for them yeah. and develop a passion for them. Um, was fortunate to get a Final Four on in my sophomore year in the Sweet 16 my senior year. Um, so, yeah, hopefully this year they can turn around and get back in the tournament. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, we're, we'll get into that like a little bit later. We want we, we Swatter brought up Big Cat and PFT right away. I'm sure you get asked about them all the time. But we did have Jake Marsh on the show as a guest for a reason. We want to you know talk about your life. However, you mentioned your interview process. I've always been curious because your role is it's pretty unique to the show, right? Like you're, I mean, it's sort of the bit, but like it's like no curses. You wear like nice clothes a lot and. Basically, like, you bring this element to the show that wasn't there before. So did they tell you they were looking for that in, like, a more professional type, like, play-by-play guy? Or is it kind of just, like, it just, like, matured into that role and you've you've definitely, like, fallen into it pretty seamlessly at this point? And I feel like every episode you add an element that's that wouldn't be there if you weren't, you know, like a actual, like, episode-by-episode personality now. Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, when they were looking just for a generic intern three years ago, and I just didn't like I was open to doing anything. I assumed it was going to be like a behind the scenes thing. I was my first job out of Syracuse was University of Vermont play by play for right. uh, their men's mm-hmm. basketball team. So this was just like I viewed it as a summer internship, just like kind of bridge the gap between college basketball seasons. And uh, I remember during the interview, PF or Big Cat once PFT whispered in his ear something and then said it to me. He's like, all right, we want you to be an intern to mock Darren Ravel. If you're on Twitter, yeah. you probably know who <laughs> Darren Ravel is. Yeah. He's kind of, I mean, I'm one too, so nothing against him, but he's kind of this nerdy 
personality tweets out random stats and figures <laughs> and food and all this weird type of stuff. So basically they brought me on to uh, try to outscoop him uh, on certain things and try to get under his skin. So that's how I got my foot in the door. It's a very unique, like you mentioned, opportunity. But uh, I realized how big of a platform that was and how cool of an opportunity that was. And I had to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, three years later, I've been fortunate to do a lot of other things outside of mocking Darren Ravel. Right. Swire, have you ever got, have you, how much Ravel content have you gotten in your life? Oh, we could probably do the that. rest of the podcast on just no, but like I mean, like they kept playing one on one with them back in the day is so funny. Like <laughs> the JFK gif that he tweeted out, like that—that's the number. I think that's my favorite, like funniest one. But that viral um, video, by the way, was my first in-person interaction with him of uh, him running the forty-yard dash. Oh my god, it's disgusting. That's the XFL combine. It's it's legitimately like puke in your mouth type stuff. Like it's it's hard to watch. Like on site assignment they sent me to was to the XFL <laughs> Combine in 2019. He's a Northwestern guy too, so like I mean Newhouse in there. It's like a rival. Rival It's like, it's it's like, like Duke, Duke Carolina. But, literally. Exactly. Yeah. So so go, so going back to obviously when when you're a high school kid, um, you you want to get into broadcasting. What kind of drew you to Syracuse? What did you have any family members who were into sports broadcasting and, and kind of how, how has that led you to your career now? Yeah, no, like I mentioned, I, I grew up a Florida Gator fan. Like that was my, my dream school growing up and I eventually got into there. Uh, but I also, like we talked about, wanted to get a uh, career in journalism and broadcasting. So I knew Syracuse had one of the best schools out there for that. Uh, and I toured Syracuse and I was blown away by the facilities. Kind of like, when you guys are basketball players and you're touring Syracuse, like, yeah, we walk into the Mellow Center and you're like, oh my god, like this is a big tradition. Like, this would be really cool to be a part of. And uh, that's how I felt with Newhouse. A little different between basketball and broadcasting, but it's kind of the same concept, right? So, you see the facilities, you see the prestigious list of successful alumni. Like, you see Carmelo Anthony, I see Ian Eagle and Mike Tirico. Like, kind yeah. of the same yeah. thing. So, uh, just seeing that all the opportunities and potential there uh i wasn't used to the weather but uh i knew (laughs) in terms of the long run that was the best decision for me in my career are you are you from florida did you grow up there yeah i grew up in south florida uh, fort lauderdale suburb called weston okay so swire jake's a uh dolphins fan i don't know if you knew that so swire's a big patriots guy so now it's like the afc east runs through miami which it's not necessarily so a normal thing, but yeah. well, I'm Definitely an Eagles fan. Beast. I'm an Eagles. I'm an Eagles fan. So I don't know if we should be throwing up the beast. <laughs> NFC beast. This is a hundred percent more true. But. We're recording this on Monday night. This will probably drop after the game, but you should yeah, sacrifice yeah. to the Commanders so you could say your division's better. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so at at Q's, you did play by play for basically every single sport. So. Um, including basketball and football, not to you know shit on the other sports, but that definitely are t- the two most not- like notable. Um, but one thing I've always been curious about with Newhouse people with like getting involved with play-by-play, I'd imagine you're not like a big fan of those other sports. So how like tough is it to prepare for a sport that you maybe don't know? You know, because I- I'm sure, given that you're like a college expert or college basketball expert. You could just walk in, watch any college basketball game, and you'll know generally what's going on. 
But was there any sports where you like almost didn't know the rules and you had to prepare and be interesting as a play-by-play guy when you're accused? No, for sure. And like you mentioned, like yes, every kid who entered the profession, if they had it their way, they would call it football and basketball. Yeah, it's like I'm going to be Joe Buck. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And that's what everyone's goal is, and that's my goal as well. Like no one's afraid to say it. Um, but the reality situation is like, in order to get better, the more reps, the better. So any opportunity that comes your way, if you're given the chance to call a game, you call it. That's at least how I approached it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was Iron Eagle who like came to speak to a bunch of us when I was up there once. And he said, just, uh, one thing I remember is never say no to an opportunity in terms of calling games, right? So Z89, one of the student radio stations there, they uh, broadcast high school football in the Syracuse area too. So like on a Friday night, Instead of going to like Lucy's or DJ's, yeah. like I'm going over to CNS versus Liverpool, right? <laughs> and in going to the press boxes, <laughs> getting get, getting some tape in. Like it sounds yeah. really nerdy, but that's the reason why I chose Syracuse was to get the broadcasting in, those broadcasting reps in, and uh, yeah. So I just viewed it as like, yeah, I didn't party every single night like i still have my fair share of nights on marshall street but right there's some sacrifice yep. involved too professionally i'm interested in because obviously as as a basketball player as a player who is trying to make my career better i'm interested in how how are you able to compare did you play sports growing up like were, were you an athlete growing up um nothing like in in high school not really i was just like the student sports editor at the newspaper but like i went to all of the events and things like that but i would still like play basketball yeah. with my friends for fun but nothing yeah. competitive past like middle school because at the end of the day there's so many parallels in life in terms of like you said you you sacrifice nights going out so you could broadcast a high school football game i me and patty have sacrificed nights going to the gym instead of going out talk, talk about the, the grind of of the broadcasting trying to perfect that craft and, and what are some of the things that, that you could do on a Friday night instead of going out that could help propel you because I, I, I'm not I'm not totally sure because I can go to the gym and get shots and it's, and it's, and it's something that I can I can see myself getting better at what, what are some of the things that, that you would focus on in terms of trying to get an edge over someone in the broadcasting world yeah so uh, in between my junior and senior year uh, so the way the student radio station works it's kind of like pledging a fraternity like as a freshman you got to wake up at 5 a.m and go to the station practice recording like mock sports cast yeah war it's on it's on ostrom um, okay i don't know if you guys have ever walked the past yeah yeah, uh, but, yeah so you gotta wake up in 20 degree weather that's being generous i guess depending on the time of year but yeah. you uh you gotta wake up and just go record like a mock two-minute sportscast it doesn't even go on the air it just gets you you write it you record it and then you get it critiqued by like an upperclassman uh and you do that for like a whole semester then sometimes you go to the circus basketball games you go sit in the upper deck and you take your phone and you record yourself calling the game like it's all practice reps uh but anyways in between my junior and senior year i would pull up like full NFL games on YouTube to get ready for my senior year calling Syracuse football. And I would just call it on my phone. Like I'm sitting in front of a computer. I would see, I would type in Patriots bills, full game CBS. I would mute it and I would just record it and send it out. I had like a few mentors. One of them was Jason Benetti, who's a Syracuse alum. And 
he would just critique me. So by the time we got to the fall and it was uh, the, the real games, that just helps you get better. Like I said earlier, like the reps, even though it seems kind of silly, just recording yourself, like when it goes out into a real game, the nuts and bolts of it definitely come with you. How practical is doing that compared to – because for me, it's the same thing in basketball, right? I can shoot all the shots I, I want to in, in an open gym, but once you get to the game, there's the emotions, there's the feeling, there's there's people yelling at you. You can't prep for that. So how, how, how different or how similar is it to – do you feel like it is to an athlete of calling a game in, in a moment where, if, all right, like I got to make this call right now. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm in the moment. Where, where you're doing the Patriots-Bills game by yourself, it, it, there's obviously not that pressure. Talk about like that, that pressure of, of just performing in that certain type of moment. And if, if you have any quick stories about that so far, even if it's a Vermont basketball story, that would be amazing to hear. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'm surprised you brought up Vermont because I know Syracuse people aren't fans after what happened in 2005. <laughs> oh, yeah. We brought that up with GMAC two weeks ago. Yeah, it's ago. been brought up on this show. It's been brought up on this show. Yeah. Because uh, uh, when I was there, two of the assistant coaches were on that team in 2005. Yeah. So I oh, obviously yeah. have their territory. Serator? No. Is that his name? What's the guy's no, name? You're thinking of Sorrentine. Sorrentine. Yeah, yeah. TJ Sorrentine. Yeah. That's his second mention in the last three episodes. We've got to get him on now. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> He's the assistant at Brown. Yeah, oh, okay. I know. I know him well. Rhode Island guy. Yeah, but uh, anyways, yeah, it, it's definitely just a tough. It's a tough business, kind of like basketball, right? Like the the odds are stacked against you, right? You got sixty guys to get drafted to the NBA. Uh, even making D one, like in broadcasting, there's all these kids at the radio station. Just at the end of the day, there's there's two there's two headsets a game, right? Mm-hmm. And you have all these yeah. kids going to going to Newhouse and going into the broadcasting world because they all want to, but you kind of, in a way, control your own destiny in terms of at least how how hard you work. Maybe not the direct results, but in terms of how much work you put into it, no, you can control that. It, it won't. That's, it might not directly, for like, to make it a basketball analogy, like if you put a thousand shots up, sure, that's not going to directly correlate to you scoring 30 against Duke, but that could be a domino effect to leading in that direction, you know? Big time. Big time. Um, I wanted to ask about when you're doing, like, play-by-play. How do you manage when – I'm sure there's been multiple times where you say something, you're kind of like, oh, shit. Like, I either botch that or, like, it's cringy or, like, something like that. Because you obviously have to listen back to your, what you're saying for the most part to improve. How do you manage that, like, embarrassment, like, secondhand embarrassment? Because if, like, Adam sends me the podcast after we record, and I can barely listen to my own voice because I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, who is this asshole? So, like, play-by-play, play, it's it's even more important. Like, you're defining the moment on the fly. So I've always wondered that about guys who are doing broadcasts. Yeah, I was – my freshman year at Syracuse, I would listen to my voice, and I'm like – it sounds disgusting. Yeah. And then you'll get you'll get used to it. Like you guys are what, twelve episodes in? Ten episodes in. You do this you do that times ten by the time you're at episode hundred. Like I I I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like there's a higher chance you get used to your voice. Like at this point right. I'm used to it. Um mm-hmm. but in the beginning, absolutely. Yeah. Uh so but I'm very hard on myself when it comes right. to uh 
broadcast. Like I'll pick apart uh, every every little thing I screw up, but that's kind of again it makes you better a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So there's no such thing as a perfect broadcast. Like there's no such thing as a perfect game, but right. you can have a very good game. You can have well, a very good broadcast. Baseball, there's a perfect game. Baseball is yeah. perfect. <laughs> Not to be an asshole, yeah. Yeah, they probably threw a ball. They probably threw a ball in there, so it's still not perfect. Oh, yeah, it's true. All right, yeah, good point. Good point. Still not perfect. Um, yeah, so going back to part of my take, one of my favorite episodes was the Tim Grover episode when Michael Jordan's trainer who, who came on and – one of the things that he was talking about was the preparation that, that it takes every single day. We've obviously talked about preparation in, in, in the broadcasting world of what you do. Can, can you just talk about the preparation of part of my take? What actually goes into it? Because when you listen to it, it just seems like guys having fun, guys joking around. PFT and Big Cat are so quick on the fly of just comedy, comedy, um, just going at each other. Can you talk about the preparation that, that it takes to put on a, the number one sports podcast in the world? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, before I joined them, they, they started the podcast in 2016. I didn't join until 2019. Like, part of me thought, yeah, yeah they just show up and shoot the Turn shit. Turn the mics on, yeah. Farthest thing from that. So I'll give you a little day in the life. Uh, so Sundays during football season are our biggest day. So, so yeah. we get in the office at 1 o'clock, and we're there till like 1 or 2 a.m. Uh, because we record the podcast after all the games. Um, but – they after the one o'clock they'll, they'll watch the one o'clock games and after the one o'clock games then they'll uh get together and record the boomers so if you if you listen to part of my yeah, take yeah. the first oh, the five best. ten minutes of the show <laughs> they make all these puns and like play on words for uh all the players and coaches that are involved in each game and it's very funny it's uh, the reason i call it boomers is because they're kind of making fun not making fun of but taking chris berman's model yeah. from espn yeah. days yep. um but that takes a lot of writing and a lot of right. just like brain just they just shoot, <laughs> shoot, throw out ideas and see what sticks so like there's a lot of brainstorming into that and that takes a while i'd say each boomer takes like 10 to 15 minutes right. and they do nine games each week so that's a couple of hours right real quick sorry not to not to cut you off but it was on a faqs like pretty recently but sitting in on that room like behind the scenes how many jokes are like cut or how long does that take to obviously there's weeks I'm sure where it kind of flows a little bit better, but are they just going back and forth at this point? They're like six years into that bit where it's like, I'm sure they're watching games and they just think of one. They're like, Oh yeah, we're using that. Yeah. I, I always see them sometimes like pulling out their phones and writing like, down. pulling yeah. out a Google doc and writing something down. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, all of that prep is just the first 10 minutes of the show. Like big cat will yeah. go to his desk and just like look up stats, dig into things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a lot of work. Like obviously they do a lot more than me, but um, and then there's also coming prepared with the segments, like the who's back, back segment and uh, guys on chicks and FAQ, yeah. like you mentioned, <laughs> and hot seat, cool throne and uh, fire fest. Like you just, it's it's kind of a weird thing because. You're kind of always on, if that makes sense. You always got to be locked yeah. in to Twitter. And mm-hmm. uh, if I were to be very, very nitpicky, that's one of the things. Like, I wish I could, like, just like re-energize my batteries and just not have to be. I, I wish I could disconnect for a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. But then the day we're talking sports, uh, 
So that that's really cool part of it. Right. That's what I was going to say is it, there's such a difference where there's definitely, like, dumbasses who just think, like, oh, well, yeah, you're there one-to-one, but, like, you're watching football. But you're not just watching football. You have to constantly be thinking of, like, bits and takes to have. So it's so much different than just sitting on your couch and watching Red Zone. Like, there's nothing you actually have to take away from the game. So, I don't know, it's, it's cool to hear you say that because I always think that whenever I hear someone, like, make a comment or see a tweet like that where it's like, oh, well, I mean, they're just watching football. It's like, no, they're not at and all. Keep in mind, on these streams, it's like people will nitpick any little, little thing you do. Like, yeah, scratch, you scratch your nose, people will be like, oh, my God, you're picking <laughs> your nose and send you a screenshot. So it's like, right. uh, but no, it's fun, and they, they always get some good moments from those. Right. What's uh, what's it like running into people who are big fans? Say you're at a bar in New York, and they're like, oh, Jake Marsh. Um, how, like is it that they feel like they know you? You know what I mean? Like, I listen to the show, like, at least two full episodes a week. So I feel like I hang out with you guys for, like, five hours a week. So you run into this random person, and to be, like, perfectly frank with you, like, if I saw you or Big Cat or, like, any other bar so personality, I, like, know a lot. Like, I know what your sense of humor is like. I know, like, how you guys talk and all that stuff. So I could have, like, an inside joke with you, but in, I, you would be like, I don't know who the fuck you are. Like, I've never met you in my life. So how is that dynamic where, because it's not like you're an athlete where, you know, people watch you play. It's like people know who you are because of your guys' personalities. Yeah, no, for sure. It's very rewarding is right. what I would say that, to summarize that whole thing because this is another answer, answer that they actually said on, I think, last week's episode of part of my take. Like, do you guys, that the question was to big PMT, do you guys realize, like, how much of an impact you have on some people's yeah. lives like mm-hmm. it really is eye-opening and cool and it's one thing to see it on social media right because you see all these comments and all the likes and replies and things like that but when that translates to real life it's like really really cool just to be like right. wow like these people actually spend their time their limited free time listening to us shoot the shit talking about sports <laughs> yeah it's really it's it's really really cool so uh no, we, we definitely appreciate that, and uh, that's a that's a, a unique part of the job for, for right. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Patty said, I, I think it's just one of those things where I feel like I, I can joke around with these guys, and you guys have the same exact same sense of humor that Patty and I have. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just it's just every single week, it's just an entertaining thing to to go on to, and like, like I said, like even having guests like uh, Stavros, how oh my god, he was. He was hilarious. Like yeah. just the segments that they were doing with him, and then they brought him back, and then did the whole entire uh, right. NBA and <laughs> <Yeah>. NFL. <laughs> I'll say, uh, I have. I think we have like some younger listeners. I don't know if they should. If we recommended part of my take to them, I don't know if that should be the episode they tune into. But it was so so funny. I've never listened oh. to Cometown, so I like didn't know really. Like I had heard about his sense of humor, but I don't know. It's like this is just insane it got a little uncomfortable towards the end and I think, I, I, I think uh, Big Cat and PFT started to like sense that out a little bit it was so funny it was so funny but yeah that's what's so impressive about your guys show or PMT is like you're able to make these inside jokes with millions and millions of I don't know younger males throughout the country so I don't know the fan base it's, it's just like hilarious that you're able to do that it's so impressive too are you going to say so yeah well, 
One more, one more thing. Just, just talking about obviously part of my take. Um, so when you have a, a big time guest come on, like a Dak Prescott or <laughs> even like a Sean McVay or uh, or coaches like that, and, and then they bring up with the Green Bay Packers coach talking about you're down by eight, fourth, <laughs> fourth and goal from your own eight. How how are they able to do that? And do you feel like there's a certain type of personality that you have to have to to be able to, to do that and to kind of just talk about uh, those guys and, and the, the perspective that they bring to to the show and, and, and the guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you can tell within 60 seconds whether or not the guest, quote-unquote, gets the show. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You you guys, as I mean, I do when I'm sitting on the interviews. I'm sure you guys have a similar way of figuring that out too, right? Because if, if the guests can laugh at them, themselves – they, they understand, but there have been some interviews and they've talked about some names, like they've thrown some names out there where they don't really get it and they yeah. don't understand it. It's rare. Like, they're very good at interviewing and they're very good at... That's one of, like, the biggest compliments the two of them get is that they're so good at making their guests likable. Like, there's yeah, some people yeah. who go on and you're like, you yeah. don't have a strong opinion on them and then your opinion totally flips after the interview with them. Um, so, the, the most recent that I can think of is actually Kirk Cousins. They went yeah. in like putting on Kirk Cousins, and they're like, "PFP's like, damn it, you're making me." Yeah, he was like, uh, <laughs> he was the one question with a quarterback, right? A couple weeks ago. By the way, it's my new favorite segment. I don't. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. All those. Um, I guess I could say it now because wait, when's this dropping? Thursday. Thursday. So when? Oh, we getting a, Are we getting a scoop right now? You're getting a scoop, Let's go. but it won't. It's just for the <laughs> yeah, TV. Yeah, so, no. yeah. So Matt Ryan, we we interviewed him today. Okay. Uh, so that'll be on Wednesday's episode, but you guys, it'll already have dropped. Wow. But, uh, yeah, basically, we go around the room, and it's just one question with each, with each person. So Matt Ryan's been on, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we had Chase Daniel, I'm trying to think who else, a, a ton. Um, but, yeah, no, they're very good at interviewing. I think that's one of, the, one of their best attributes. Like, yes, they can shoot the shit and talk football with the two of them, but when they get the guests involved, that's really impressed yeah from a PR standpoint it's literally the best thing you could do as like an athlete right now because like you said afterwards everyone's like oh that person's way better than I thought he was <laughs> right and uh there's some people on who they still would love to have on right like they're still right. like they cut DMs Durant all the time and he like yeah alphas him <laughs> um, like he would be amazing uh, yeah I'm trying to think else obviously LeBron but I feel like I mean, Cole, you might, you might yeah. have to help us out here. That's the connection there. Yeah, I'll get him on next episode. Yeah. They've, they've said some interesting things about LeBron, so I don't know <laughs> yeah. how imminent that is, but he's yeah. a welcome on the show. So if, right. you, know, you could throw it in the locker room if you have any. <laughs> Tell you what, Coach Beheim too. That, that would be awesome. Yeah, he would be hilarious. <laughs> he definitely wouldn't really get it, but it would be so, so funny. You know what? would be the best. Funny story, every year we do the takeies, the takeies. Thank you, yeah. We have, like, guest presenters on Cameo, like, award, like, introduce the categories. So they write a script and send it to me to in, to submit to the Cameo. And two mm. years ago, it was, uh, like, wild of the year, and it's an inside joke with your guys' former teammate, yeah. Buddy, and yeah. a video of him and Carmelo in 2003. So Jim Beheim voiced the, the This Is Wild of the Year, and he read the script. And so he has been on part of my take before, technically. That's true. Yeah, he gave like an entire it. breakdown of 
a preview of the, the squad. He just like broke off the answer and was like, he was like, we got Cole Swider coming in, who's like a really good shooter. Like it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I think I think one of my favorite parts of the, the takeys is the Blake of the year. Yeah, between usually between Blake Bortles and Blake Griffin. Uh, Wait, speaking of which, uh, real quick, do you think do you think Hank's ever gonna get the ball right or no? I I don't see any proof of him getting the ball right. I hope he okay. shocks us, but there's no reason to believe it right now. Right. Yeah. So, uh, $5,000 on the line. He's running out of time. <laughs> yeah. he's, if he gets it once by New Year's, it's 5K, right? You give him 5K. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't get it, Hank has to give them 5K. But if he gets it twice, Hank loses as well. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot of moving parts. I got it I got it two weeks ago. It felt good. Yeah. That's like a really hard thing to do. So why you know that the the ping pong ball they do at the end of the show where it's like they all name a number one to a hundred and then it's like a lottery ball or a lottery machine. That's it's insane. That's, yeah. That's great. <laughs> but um real quick here, we won't take up too much more of your time. But uh I think it's cool how you you're in a very good spot obviously right now with where you're at with PMT and Barstool and everything. Um but you don't really seem to shy away from the fact that you still like to do play-by-play, like, long-term. So, um, I don't know, just looking down the road, is that still something that, like, the bigger that PMT gets, you know, the more success you have at Barstool? And obviously there's, um, you know, like, you just did the Barstool Invitational in Philly and called that play-by-play, but is that still something that you, like, your kind of your sights are set on long-term? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, like, it's not a secret. Like, that is my mm-hmm. long-term goal, to call a Final Four one day or a Super Bowl, an NBA Finals, or something along those lines for a major network. But like you mentioned, times are changing in the business, and we just had our first broadcast for college basketball for exclusively for Barstool. And it was right. a really cool experience. Uh, obviously, because it's on our platform, there really aren't that many rules, like, like i don't know if you saw the clip of the end of the, the mississippi state acker game but it was a 19 point game and there were 127 points scored and big cat and dave were screaming for another bucket you don't get that anywhere else in fact you probably get in trouble if you if that happens yep. anywhere else um but that was the uniqueness of it and uh i'm glad i'm i'm really fortunate they gave me the opportunity to call that game but uh that would be amazing to uh, keep climbing up the ladder of this very competitive industry, but I'm open to uh, doing whatever it takes to keep getting there. And hopefully Barstool gets more events. We have the bowl game, the Arizona Bowl next month. Yep. So I'll be doing that with the two of them. So I'm excited for that, but uh, hopefully hopefully more to come. Yeah, you got screwed out of that two years ago, right? Or was that last, last year? year? Last okay. year, I had all my preps done. Yeah. Three days before, it was like the day before I was supposed to leave and they can't that's brutal it was right around obviously it was right oh. around christmas with bowl games me and swider both had covid jake that's why we lost to georgetown by the way we all had we all had COVID. of course of course I mean, not, not that it matters that i had COVID, yeah but <laughs> well, that redemption this year they're playing this year right? yep. next month yeah i think i'm going to that game actually yeah at, at, the, at the dome so it'll be a different different yeah. feel at the dome swider do you have any final questions before uh we get into the rapid fire here jake we're gonna be the first podcast ever to do rapid fire questions so you'll be you'll be our first guest that's done it so are you ready yeah i'm, I'm ready for the rapid fire man all right we got some q specific ones for both of you and then for jake i added some barstool specific ones so 
First one, Syracuse specific. Swider, this is for you as a player. Jake is a play-by-play guy. At the Dome, do you prefer a day game or a night game? I'll go first. Uh, I, 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 let me go day game. All right. Jake? Interesting. I would go night game just because, yeah. like, you walk around campus and go to class, and uh, this is a rapid fire, so I'm kind of being the purpose. But just- no, no, that's perfect. Take all the time you need. The buzz leading up to it is what's cool. Okay. I would say yeah. as a walk-on, I, I probably prefer the night games. There's usually more people there, and then you get – Two meals, no, three meals on a night night game. That's true. I I will say though, a dome day game. The, I feel like at two p.m. on a Saturday, there's nothing like yeah. it. There's nothing like yeah. it with the sun, also, the sun coming through the top. If you get a if you get a, if you get a win to too, if you get a oh, win too, great. the electricity on campus the rest of the time is awesome. I haven't been since they renovated. Oh really? There is oh. Still, yeah. There, so there still is like a lot of sunlight through the roof. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's even, even better, better now. now. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it looks great. Carry still too. And I'm, I don't know if we're recognizing JMA on this podcast. Unless I'm calling but... the game. Unless I'm calling the game there yeah. where I get in trouble for false advertising, it's the carry dome. Okay. <laughs> Jake, best game you ever called a Q's? Basketball or football? But preferably basketball. Yeah. Uh, uh, North Carolina at home, they ended up losing, but it was an awesome comeback my senior okay. year. And then uh, I called for student radio the Michigan State tournament game with uh, oh the Brandon Bayer game. Shout out walk on. Yes. Yep. Yeah. He's an absolute legend. <laughs> He's a legend in my household. The Brandon Bayer game. <laughs> He's literally like, I think it's like Carmelo G Mac him in in my mind as far as icons of the bro. We ended up getting to fly to Omaha for the Sweet Sixteen, where Duke eventually won. But it was it was cool. That tournament run was amazing. Right. That's awesome. Swatter, I think we've talked about this before, but is yours Indiana? Home game? Home game, Indiana. Yeah. I, I think okay. my favorite Q's game ever That game was ever insane. Wa- yeah, yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> I, I think my favorite Q's game I ever watched was 2017. Uh, Syracuse at home, John Gillen, bank shot. Oh, yeah. Awesome. That was game my junior year. Yeah. Unbelievable. Actually, to merge both your answers there, uh, last year we were playing Indiana, double OT, Toward probably like 50 seconds left. Buddy, I think, fouled Miller Cop or someone on a three, or Parker Stewart. So that was his fourth foul. They tie it up. And so Buddy has four fouls. I'm looking around. I'm like, if this goes into a third overtime, like, (laughs) am I going to have to check in? (laughs) Like, I was was so, so scared. And then Joe ends up getting fouled, and I would, like, hit my knees and thank God. But I was, like, shitting my pants. But, all right. Jake, your favorite player at Cuse when you were there? Favorite player. Tyus Battle. Because okay. that, his, Great answer. Him, him going off in the tournament my senior year in 2018, like, that was able to give me some unreal memories I'll never forget, like, traveling on that tournament run. It was yeah. really cool. So clutch. Such a clutch player, too. Yeah. Also, like, 39.8 minutes a game. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, like we said, Braden Bear is coming off the bench in a tournament yeah. game. So, yeah. no disrespect to him, but mm-hmm. he made big plays. All right, uh, Orange Crate or Harry's? You said, well, Orange Crate was Lucy's. Now it's me and Swider were only there for a year, so we know it is Orange Crate. Oh, do they not call it Lucy's anymore? I mean, if you're, like, if you're like a local, like if you want to be cool, you could be like, oh, we're going to Lucy's, but it's now officially Orange Crate. 
And then there's Lucy Blues right behind it. It's like at the alley at the end. I think that's where DJ's was. Oh, yeah, DJ's is gone. Uh, yeah. I'll go Orange Crate slash Lucy's, especially when yeah. it's nice out because they open the back, right? Do they still do that? Right. Yep. 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 Yeah, real nice. Uh, I don't even know if this is really a thing. I was trying to compare Varsity to something. So I said Mario and Salvos. I feel like that's not even like a rivalry, though, because Mario and Salvos is like 15 minutes away. Yeah. Uh, I would but, say Mario. I have a hot take. I think Varsity Pizza itself is not overrated. Yeah. But I love the food. I, I went for like a wrap and a salad. The humdinger is really good. I went there like three times a week. It's really good for not pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Swider? I got Mario Salvos. I'm not a big Varsity yeah. guy, but it's, it's a cool aesthetic inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so that, that closes Syracuse rapid fire. I'll be quicker with the Barstool ones. But... Favorite interview you've ever conducted yourself, like on Benchmob, where you were the host, and then favorite interview or favorite guest on PMT? Yeah, Benchmob is extinct, but we got yeah, to yeah. Interview, interview some really that, cool people on there. Buddy Ben, huh? I know. I have to. I mean, <laughs> got to be funny. But it, it was cool because we interviewed him the day after the West Virginia yes. tournament game. Um, so that, that was really unique. But uh, – Armando Baycott was really cool. Mm-hmm. Some of the co- you know what? Some of the coaches were really. I love Eric Musselman now. Yeah. Uh, Nate Oates is amazing. <laughs> Bob Boggins. I, I don't know if you've seen my viral handshake with Eric Musselman, but uh, I feel like I have. What did you yeah. just like? I messed it up. Oh, it was so really? awkward. Yeah, I tweet it every time Arkansas wins. One of uh, nice. <laughs> one of my favorite clips last year was you guys were at the Wisconsin game, and uh. What's the name? What's the last name of the coach? I'm blanking on it right now. Greg Gard. Greg, Greg Gard. Greg Gard yep. He like comes up. We could. I don't know. Maybe cut this. But he says like he's like, hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, hey, what's up, guys? And Rico just out of nowhere is like, yeah, I'd be figuring out my my tea times for a second. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> I was dying laughing at that. Rico being Rico, but PMT, yeah. I'd say it was uh, Derek Jeter. He's my childhood hero. Okay. And uh, we yeah. got to interview him two months ago. Layup answer. Zoom. That's an- on Zoom, but yeah. Yeah, that's a uh, perfect example of a guy that I just, like, when I was little, I hated him, and then I thought I did, and then he went on your show. I was like, oh, I, he's he's pretty likable. Yep. Um, more annoying question. How much do Big Cats Left TFT make, or what's Dave like? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say either annoying. They're, yeah. They're those two are definitely <laughs> Yeah. We know we don't have to ask this anymore, but people would always ask, "What does PFT look like without his glasses?" Oh, that's true. That yeah. was the one I got the most, actually, for like the first yeah. year or so. How do you even answer that? It's like I don't know. He has eyes. It's like, like normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then, Swire, this is these last two are the most important questions. Yep. Any advice for us as fellow podcasters trying to grow in the industry? I would say similar to what I was saying earlier in terms of like broadcasting and you going to get shots up, like the more reps, the better you do more. Yeah. You're going to get better. There's no way to get better in terms of interviewing skills and uh, just like conversations and just putting the work and mm-hmm. doing more. Cause if you, if you take three months off from the podcast and you hop back into one, you'll probably feel a little rusty naturally because that's with anything. But if you consistently do it once a week, you'll look back at this interview and you'll be like, wow, I've made some progress in the last five or six months. For sure. Yeah. 
if you do look at it like unbiasedly, there are some times where I'm like, oh, that that actually turned out better than <laughs> than I thought it did. Like when when you're in the conversation, you're like, oh, I sound like horrible right now, whatever. But then, yeah. But thank thank you for that. We'll definitely you know take that to heart. Yeah. And then finally, this is a completely unbiased question. I didn't come up with this myself. Um, this is actually a mailbag <laughs> question. In your opinion, who's the best walk-on in the history of Syracuse? Oh, I mean, Brady you, Ah, here we go. Did you make a career tie-up in March Madness against Michigan State? Well, we didn't make March Madness. I could have. It could have been on the table if we made the tournament. Oh, did he make a tie-up? I thought he got a block. Tie-up. Tie I, I, I thought it was a jump ball, yeah. Yeah, your team's had the possession error like the final two minutes. I think I, I gotta watch it back, yeah. but um, that's true. But yeah, I remember seeing your name come up on the Twitter feed when like the walk-ons were coming in. Yeah. Did you were, did you score last time? Oh, come on, oh. only every, ten every, points. Uh, ten points? <laughs> yeah. Against of course. Two. Come on, Jake. Uh, well, counting actually counting. Uh, Lemoyne, I scored 12. So I scored against Lemoyne, Lafayette, uh, Wake Forest, Florida State. Florida State. Florida State. Oh, Florida. BC, Boston College. Yep. Yep. I actually, the first thing I did, one of your guys' most frequent guests, me and Swire are big fans of Mark Titus. After the season, Great. I looked up how many points he had in one season. I outscored him. Like, my highest total in a season was tired than his. So, I don't know. If I ever meet him, I have that over. Wow. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, oh, were there any – did you score in front of, like, any celebrities? Like, I know sometimes celebrities go to Syracuse games. That's why. Tell him was at the, the Wake game. Yeah, he, he oh, was in front of Yacht. Yep. Yeah, game. game. Yep. But – with like two minutes left in the game, he walked back to the locker room, so he wasn't at his seat when I got in. <laughs> oh, oh my god, that's really cool though. Yeah, what happened? No, like when? Sweet. Do you know when you're going in? Like does Be- like does Beheim look at you? You know it's about to happen. You kind of like you can sense it. You get a feeling like later in the game, and then I don't know. Like Swider, the the, the good players on the team, like the assistants, are very good about it. They're like, hey, like let's let's get the. The short guys. I, I, I thought I thought one of the good things about last year was that we, we obviously had a, t- a bunch of tough games, but we literally had eight games where the walk-ons yeah. played in. Like yeah. it was unbelievable. So, and then also with that with that being said, Jimmy would go right to his dad and be like, "All right, Laval, Laval and Patty time." You know what I yeah. mean? Just like get him in the game. Because <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy always says when he was little, he would like say to his dad, like Jimmy would be like seven years old, and he's like, "Dad, you put the walk-ons in too late. Like why don't you let them go in earlier?" So his whole life, he's just been loyal to them. So that helped out a lot, too. Yeah, that's awesome. Shout out to Jim for the seven billionth time on this podcast. Yeah. Yes. Let's get him on but, PMT. True. <laughs> Bayheim episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, I'll add one more question. If you guys ever want to do a, uh, you know, a collab episode, <laughs> then we're, we, can, we can make ourselves available. Let's do it. Well, how about this? A home and home. Perfect. Yep, my apartment in New York. You get us Bayheim. All right, we could work on that. <laughs> no promises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll make but it happen. Another great episode. Thanks, thanks, Jake, for coming on. Obviously, a lot of great Syracuse memories, and uh, just wish you the best of luck going forward in your broadcasting career, and uh, and everything that's coming up with PMT and 
in everything in the future. So th- thanks for coming on the Sweater Show, man. Yeah. Yeah, thank you guys. Call me luck uh, with the rest of the season and with the podcast. And uh, looking forward to listening. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this week's show. To find out who will be joining us next week, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms. At Swider Show on Instagram, at Swider Show on Twitter, and at Swider Show on TikTok. We also recently developed our very own YouTube page, www.youtube.com slash at Swider Show, and subscribe. You can send in a mailbag question to be featured on the show, swidershow at gmail.com. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure to turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode week to week. Cole Swider Show with Patty Casey is presented by Blue Wire Podcast and our executive producer, Adam Lewis. Swider Show was created by Cole Swider, Patty Casey, and producer Adam Lewis. All rights reserved. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.